I feel his presence and his spirit. That is why we came, amen? That is why we're here tonight. We came to meet with God. We came to hear from God. And uh, that's why we're here. And I am so thankful we had a tremendous time last uh, yesterday morning with Pastor Jay. And last night, just in the altars and what God is doing and what a, what a wonderful man of God he is. Very simplistic, but I can tell you he's anointed. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. And so I'm just uh, grateful tonight for what God is doing and grateful for all of you here tonight. I know there's many that are visiting and our home folks. I'm grateful to, for you being here in our conference. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just thankful for God tonight. I'm grateful for our our visiting pastors, my pastors are here, Pastor Duke and Jackie Downs, amen, from Living Waters, and um, we want to definitely honor them, and we love them, and, and Pastor Duke's going to be preaching tomorrow night, and I'm going to be right here in the front row, amen, right here in the front row, and uh, I know that he's got something to say, I can tell you that right now, amen, God's put a message in his spirit and uh, years and years of experience and just going through things and, and seeing God move and victories. We want to hear it. Amen. We want to hear what God has done. But I, uh, I want to minister tonight here for just a little bit in 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. 2 Kings chapter 3. And I'm going to pick it up here in verse 5 and read on down and then preach a little bit here. Um, and in, in, in keeping with this thought and with our theme, you know, I'm just going to be preaching this uh, title. is uh, The title of my message is uh, Fill This Valley. And that was the theme of our conference. And sometime back in prayer, I just was, was just seeking the Lord for what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. And I said, Lord, you know, I just want some kind of a direction. And, and I just felt that in my spirit. I came out and I said, Fill this valley, amen, because not only does it need to be filled with ditches, but it needs to be filled, amen, and, uh, but um, I, 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 I'm just going along with this theme, and so we're going to start here tonight reading in verse 5, and it says this, when you get there, say amen, amen. It says, but it came to pass when Ahab was dead that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel, and King Jehoram went out of Samaria the same time and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. That was one of his first mistakes. He should have said, let me seek the face of God first. But he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, the way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? 
And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy fathers and the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light Thing. It's just the beginning of what God is going to do. But this is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And you shall smite every thin city and every choice city and shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered that behold there came water by the way of Edom and the country was filled with water. Fill this valley is our theme. Let me pray over this word. Would you agree with me? Father, I ask you tonight to help me, Lord, preach. I'm not here, Lord, to win any awards for uh, speaking or oratory, Lord, because I would be in trouble, Lord, if that were the case. But I'm asking you tonight to just let the anointing rest upon me. Let there be, Father God, an unction from above that when I preach, Lord, it'll minister to each and every person right where they're at. God, that you will begin to stir faith, Father God, in each and every heart. For you said, Lord, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let it, Lord, be spoken and begin to spark and activate faith tonight. And Lord, I pray, deal with us, Lord. Let every word that's spoken, Lord, minister to us and bring us to a place of hope faith and victory in the name of Jesus we thank you and we praise you and ask your blessing upon it in Jesus name and everyone said amen amen, amen. praise God so I'm preaching fill this valley and in keeping with our theme we will preach about the filling in just a little bit and I know that the speakers after me Pastor Duke and Pastor Lee they're going to hit on this too about the filling but God led me in this direction for the conference with a focus on emptying. I can tell you, before you can be filled, you have to be emptied out. Are you hearing me tonight? It's as much a miracle, let me tell you from experience, it's as much a miracle that you be emptied as it is that you be filled. 
can you say amen? And God wants to baptize us. He wants to refill us that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. But he wants to baptize us and refill us. But we must be brought to the sobering reality of our desperate need. Amen. And if we will heed and we will hear, God will communicate his word to us and to each and every one of us. That will be the language to our longing and he will satisfy the desire down deep inside. God wants to empty you and I and then he will fill us. So you have to ask yourself, am I willing to be emptied? Am I willing to dig a ditch in order for the spirit of God to come and to fill me? Hallelujah. He will convict us. He will show us I believe what must be removed. And it may not always be as the preacher preaches something that is said to you, but the anointing will teach you. The Spirit of God will teach you and talk to you. He'll speak to you. There have been many times when I heard a preacher preach and it didn't seem like he was specifically hitting on something in my life at that moment. But God, when I got in that altar, began to talk to me. So you just got to do your due diligence and begin to dig a ditch, amen? And begin to ask God, empty me out. Now we have to ask the question, how did Israel and Judah ever get into this crisis? How did Jehoram and Jehoshaphat get into this crisis? Well, valleys are present in the life of a child of God. Amen. Stay here with me now. Valleys are present in the life of a child of God. Anybody that would tell you that you, as a Christian you're not going to go through anything, they don't know what they're talking about. They either have nothing that the devil wants or they have no idea. I'm telling you tonight that I've went through some things in my life. Many of you have been through things in your life because many are the afflictions of, of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. We're going to go through things and the word of God says that even through great, you know, difficulty, we enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says. But David spoke about valleys in Psalms chapter 23. Ezekiel spoke of the valley of dry and dead bones. And, and, and we read how Joel tells us of the valley of decision. And the final valley of them all is the battle of Armageddon in the valley of Megiddo. Valleys are are a part of Christian life. Sometimes we go through valleys because of conflict. Sometimes we go through valleys because of consequence. I can tell you either way, we're going to go through valleys. We're going to experience them. Sometimes it's a warfare that you're fighting. It's a conflict that you're in. Sometimes it comes because the enemy wants to bring you to a place where you completely lose sight of the God that you serve but I've come to tell you that he will pour water upon your dry and thirsty soul almighty oh, God valleys are a part of Christian life I was taught years ago by this man of God on the second row. Sometimes it's conflict. Sometimes it's consequence. I'm so glad, Pastor Duke, that you taught me that because I didn't have confusion when I was going through the trial or the valley. I knew it's either my sin or my disobedience and failure or it's a devil that I'm fighting. But either way, I've got to have a miracle from God. 
Now for Jehoram, it was a consequence of idolatry. We read it in the very first part of this chapter. But Elisha was very clear. He said, go on back to the prophets of Ahab and Jezebel. Go back to the prophets that you have been exposed to and that you have bowed to and that you have given yourself to. Go back to them. I can tell you that we're living in a day and a time where if you don't get a hold of God, you will follow some false doctrine, some false spirit, some strange fire. But God is saying to you and I, there is a real, amen, there is a real Holy Ghost. There is a real truth. There is a real God who comes with the Holy Spirit, not a not a, a strange spirit. But Jehoram, it was a consequence of his idolatry. And Elisha told him, go on back to the prophets of your family, of your mother and your father. In verse 2 of this chapter, it says that he put away the appearance of the image of idolatry, but he never put away the sin of it. There's people that'll clean up on the outside and they'll try to make themselves look like to you. And I can tell you down deep inside, what's down deep inside is ugly. It's idolatry. There's a lot of things that are idolatry. The idols of our heart have to be dealt with. And you can try to fool the preacher and you may. You can try, but you'll never fool God. Are you hearing me? You'll never fool God. I was reading this and I thought it was so awesome. He said, now Jehoram in verse 1, the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel and Samaria. And it says in verse 2, he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and his mother. For he put away the image of Baal, but he still in the sight of the Lord began to do evil. The evil of idolatry. Anything that gets in the way between you and God and your faithfulness to Him is an idol. It's an idol. Anything. It could be a person. It could be a job. It could be money. It could be anything. Anything that takes the place. It's an idol. And so you say, Pastor... I thought we were going to be encouraged. You're going to be. You have to be wounded before you can ever have the oil and wine poured in. Come on now. But it says he put away the appearance and the image of idolatry, but never the sin of it. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He numbered his army in unbelief. God wasn't worthy to serve, but he was worthy to blame. There's people that won't serve God, but the moment everything goes wrong, they blame God. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> he seemed not to even know who Elisha was. A servant from his very own army knew there was a prophet named Elijah. But he didn't even know who Elisha was. If there has been a cardinal sin, especially in a full gospel church of this day and yesteryear, it's been that they did not teach their children how to know God for themselves and the reality of God. Come on. You'll talk to people today, a lot of them, and it's always prosperity or it's always this or always that. But God, he's trying to show us something tonight and tell us, make 
sure you teach your children. Don't let them be like Saul. Like Saul that didn't even know there was a prophet. He had a servant. Thank God that led him to the prophet. But we are doing our children a distru- an, an injustice by not leading them and teaching them. It's not our religion but whatever they find in God. No, you lead them by example. They'll never know God that's a Holy Ghost filling God. They'll never know a Holy God. They'll never know the power of God except you and I as parents teach them. Oh, I'm excited. I got to bring it down here just a second. Amen. He numbered his army in unbelief. Jehoram did. And God wasn't worthy to serve, but he was worthy to blame. And he didn't even know there was a prophet that knew how to get him out of the mess they were in. And Jehoshaphat made the terrible error of making alliances with an evil, unbelieving king. I'm going to say something. Jehoshaphat was gullible. You know, if you read in 1 Kings 22, Ahab talked him into going out there in that battle robed as the king he said you know we don't believe what Micaiah said but he did he believed exactly what Micaiah said because if he didn't believe it then he wouldn't have sent old Jehoshaphat out there like a sitting duck but he sent him out there with a robe on but I can tell you when God speaks to the prophet and he says something you can put it in the bank brothers and sisters that he's going to bring it to pass and he told him oh Ahab you may think you may think that you can outsmart God but you'll die and the blood will drip from that chariot and the dogs will lick up the blood I can tell you church tonight listen I'm going back to this but Jehoshaphat was a man who listened to what Ahab said you'd have thought he'd have learned his lesson one of the things that God has taught me recently is you need to learn your lessons amen not everything that says it's Christ is Christ amen this is why you cannot be unequally yoked with an unbeliever you cannot they will not lead you to a place of victory They will lead you to a valley of death and leanness of soul. But I want to give us a hope and an encouragement. Yeah, we're shifting gears here. (laughs) Hallelujah. We have to deal with the idolatry. We have to deal with what I'm just going to say, the spiritual aloofness, if you will. Follow the word of God and not every wind of doctrine and every person that says, Yea, I say unto thee. Shut off YouTube, my goodness. Shut it off. You don't have to listen to every person that comes on there and says they're a prophet. You, Amen, none of them. Just get into the Word of God. You don't have to go and have a word given to you every time you go to church. Get in the Word of God and let God begin to talk to you. Yes, He speaks through prophets. My goodness, preachers are are prophesying and speaking prophetically. But we need to get back to the knowledge of our Bible and the Word of God. Then we won't be deceived with every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. Oh, quit being gullible, spiritually aloof. I I want to give you some encouragement tonight, moving in this direction of 
how that he's the God in your valley. They were brought to that place of the valley. They were there because of consequence. They were there because of, of, of not seeking the face of God and inquiring of the Lord. But he's the God. I can tell you, even when you make mistakes, even when you get caught up in something and you find yourself at a place where you think, Lord, how am I ever going to get out of here? God will get you through that valley. Amen. Hallelujah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Goliaths in the valley of Elah will come down and be defied. The valley of dry bones will live again. Amen. They'll rise up a great army. Amen. And live again. So the valley of Baca will be made a well of blessing. There's valleys. We're brought there. How we got there. We're past that now. We just got to get through it. Jehoshaphat had to be reminded of the value of landmarks. Is there not a prophet? There's a prophet. There's a landmark. Listen. Thank God for landmarks. Make fun of the, of the landmarks of the, past, of the past if you want to. But I can tell you we wouldn't be here today had they not paved the way and pioneered the way. The landmarks. Jehoshaphat had to be reminded of the value of landmarks. And the power of the finished work of Jesus' death on the cross. The blood that still speaks. Amen. We don't need another method, another way. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. The blood is powerful enough. It's the only hope that we have. It'll never lose its power. It'll go to the highest mountain in the lowest valley. It'll go where you're going and go before you. How do you know that, Pastor? I've shared this even at Living Waters. When we were in Kenya, some demonic, wicked spirit came into that room in the middle of the night and tried to pin me down on my bed and take my breath out. But let me tell you something. I begin to plead the blood of Jesus and when I couldn't even get it out of my mouth it was in my spirit and it began to break and little by little and just God began to move it was a powerful strong strong demonic spirit but I learned that we have authority amen in Jesus Christ hallelujah 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 he's given us authority he's made us kings and priests come on because of the blood of Jesus oh my God my God Oh, but he had to learn the, the, the value of a landmark. Don't ever forget your landmarks in your life. Your pastors that have paved the way led you to Christ. Amen. I called my pastor that I got saved under many years ago. And he said, I haven't talked to you for years. I said, I know. I finally found out where you're at. And I said, I just wanted to call you and thank you for preaching to me, for ministering to me, for preaching to me on that 66 Chevy sitting out there on that tailgate when I told you I hated my dad and you told me you can't go to heaven like that. You can't, you cannot, John. You have to forgive your dad. And God began to give me the power to do what I could not do. But that was one thing that had to be emptied out in my life. There had to be a ditch made for the Spirit of God to be poured in. I couldn't be baptized
with the Holy Ghost and then the Holy Ghost until I began to get rid of those things and there was a place for that Holy Ghost to go. It don't fit anyway. They say, why don't you wear a tie? I said, they don't make a 20-inch neck shirt. It come out to here. I said, I like to wear ties, but they don't fit. But praise God, tonight I got one on. I just loosened it up a little bit. But I'm grateful and Jehoshaphat, in essence, had to be, in a way, uh, 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 put faith and trust in his God. Amen. No, in, in a way, he had to. But the power of the finished work of Jesus' death on the cross is still speaking. His blood is still speaking. Efficaciously, it's speaking. Powerfully, it's speaking. Completely, it's speaking. Everything you need, God has provided in that blood, in his blood and it breaks every shackle. It breaks every chain. It brings mercy when you need mercy. It brings the power to be cleansed when you need the power to be cleansed. When I felt oppressed, I said I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And it always breaks the strongholds over my life. And it did that day in Kenya. That night or that morning in Kenya. And I'm so thankful, amen, that I know the value of the blood. The blood is a landmark in our life the cross is a landmark in our life why are you saying that pastor we know that I'm going to tell you the things that people want to hear at a conference and what I'm preaching tonight a lot of times are very different listen I'm going to preach something to you it's going to help you it's going to bring you to a place of victory in verse 22 when the Moabites saw the sun shine on the water. The Bible says they saw it as blood, thinking that it was the kings that were slain. But let me tell you something, church. Satan thought the blood meant his victory was set and it was etched in stone. But he didn't realize, amen, he didn't realize that it was his defeat and his demise. I am so thankful, amen, for the blood I'm so grateful for the blood and the landmark, the landmarks. Oh, I remember years ago I was going through a really difficult time. And Angela's grandma, Sister Hottinger, she passed away in 2017. But she was a woman of God. She was a woman of prayer. She was a woman that loved God. And she prayed constantly for us. And I remember one time I came in. I was at a low moment in my life. Pastoring, I was going through in the beginning stages, probably three or four years in. And I just felt so low. And I remember sitting at that table and I said, Grandma, I'm just it's just everything's overwhelming me it just seems like everything's turning in on me and she didn't even say anything she just reached that old bony hand up there on the top of my head and she began to pray in tongues and she just began to lay her hand there and speak in tongues and pray and said God I plead the blood over Jonathan's mind right now I plead the blood over his life we bind the forces of the enemy devil you have no authority here we take authority over you we've overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Oh! Landmark. Landmark. 
David said in Psalms 119.111, Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Those testimonies of truth, those testimonies that men of God have, have spoken to us, the word that they've taught us. Amen. That's something you have to value. And Jehoshaphat, he knew that. He said, is there any, is there any prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? That's the greatest thing he ever said that day. Is there any prophet? Is there somewhere that we can find an answer? I can tell you, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Now, I'm grateful for preachers. I'm grateful for teachers. I'm grateful for prophets. But I do love God's word. Amen. I love his uncompromised, unadulterated word. Amen. I love that it's a living word. I love that it gives faith. Amen. And it speaks life to me. There have been times. I thought I wasn't going to make it but God began to tell me quote the word of God speak the word of God amen in your, your mouth is life and death the words you speak speak it speak it amen I know that it got twisted around with word of faith but I can tell you there were times I had to speak the word of faith I had to speak the word of God and it became my victory amen it was what brought me out of that wilderness and out of that valley but he said, is there any prophet of the Lord? The greatest prophet is speaking. Not me, but Jesus. The Bible says in past times and sundry times, Hebrews chapter 1. He said, God spoke through the prophets. He spoke, but I can tell you today. He's speaking through his son. <laughs> Jesus. That's the Bible. But his word is a living word and a landmark. It's a point of reference for us. It's a point of reference. I, like Jeremiah, have felt times of despair staring at me, staring down at that valley that's before me. That valley, oh, it's dry. It looks impossible. How are we going to get out of this? I'm up in a war, Lord. How am I going to get out of this? But I love that scripture where it says that it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Amen. Thank God great is His faithfulness. In fact, I want to read that to you tonight. The Lord just put upon my heart. He said, make sure you read that scripture because somebody in here needs to hear that scripture in Lamentations chapter 3. Oh, I've got it down here in my spirit. But Lamentations chapter 3 in verse 18, I'll start there. And He said, my my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. That's how you feel sometimes. He said, and I said that, remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. But he said, this I recall. Oh my God, thank God for recollection. This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is thy faithfulness amen the Lord is my portion saith my soul therefore will I hope in him the Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him hallelujah he said let me finish it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord God told them uh, through the prophet he said I've got the answer amen I've got your answer he said the answer is after God spoke to him go and fill that valley full of ditches fill it 
Oh, desperate faith always runs back to the God of hope. And the prophet said, fill it full of ditches. You cannot receive from God until it has a place to go. I'm telling you, I'm, uh, uh, Jesus said you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. It'll burst. <laughs> you got to put that wine in a new wineskin. You have to fill that valley full of ditches if you're going to see God bring your miracle. Make no mistake. He did not say God will fill the valley with ditches. He said you fill the valley with ditches. I know we live in a time when there's a lot of preaching and teaching that Christians aren't supposed to do anything. But I can tell you God's grace tells you dig a ditch. We have spiritual graces that he's given us and one of them is prayer, so pray. Another one is the word of God you have in front of you. Many people have 10, 12 Bibles in their possession and they, and they don't even pick it up sometimes. But I can tell you, there's countries where they have no Bible. They have no scripture. And if they're found with one, they're, they're, they're persecuted, they're, they're martyred, or they're put in prison. I can tell you, we have Bibles galore here in front of us. We have more than, 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 than we would use, you know. But what I'm saying to you is this. He said, that he gives us spiritual graces, and one of them is prayer. One of them is the Word of God. Everything that we've received from God is a grace. And He gives us grace to do what we're supposed to do. No, we're not working our way to heaven no we're not working to earn our salvation but he said and he gives us grace so that we can do the things that we could not do on our own spiritually we have an obedient responsibility and he said you fill this valley full of ditches you have to be the one that comes and says God empty me out some people say I don't want to ask God to show me me yeah I can tell you you don't want him to show you because you know down deep inside there's things that he's going to put his finger on but we have to be open and let God deal with our heart and show us the things that are there show us the jealousies that are there Show us the self-righteousness that we don't see. You know there's two types of sin, unrighteousness and self-righteousness. They're both sin. Be careful. Be careful and be, ask God, show me me. Be careful, amen, and say, Lord, show me me. We have to have an obedient responsibility. The outpouring is no problem, but it must have a place to go. The ditch means... It won't flow off of you, but into you. There are simplistic things in this, and it may not mean anything to you, but it sure did to me. God said, the rain comes, or the water comes, if you will, and it flows. And, and what happens is where there's no ditch for it to be captured, it just runs off. So people come to church and they get excited. And Monday morning, they're looking at porn. You got to have something, a, a capacity to receive that water. Come on now. So I can tell you that Holy Ghost, when you're filled, will tell you don't do that. Don't go there. Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all paths of truth. 
But a lot of people are just coming to church and they're just, you know, experiencing the runoff. The runoff. Amen. The runoff. That's why we have to dig a ditch. There has to be a place for that water to go. There has to be capacity there. Listen, the ditch means it won't flow off of you, but into you. And think about that one word. Don't ever forget this, capacity. God, give me the capacity, amen. Enlarge me. Begin to enlarge this vessel. Begin to move in my life. I can tell you what God's going to do in enlargement is remove the things. A lot of times we're wanting him to enlarge, but keep the things that are already there. And he said they have to go. Amen. The sin has to go. The fornication has to go. The flesh and the self has to go. Let God deal with you and show you. The unforgiveness has to go. The jealousy has to go. The offenses have to go. If you're offended, I can tell you right now, you need to look to the cross because Jesus took all that offense to the cross so that you won't act like that. Amen. Jesus took that offense and hung. I can tell you he hung on that cross. So you ain't got no reason to be offended at anybody. Amen. If you're offended, you need to get into an altar and ask God to forgive you and change you. Amen. Amen. I want to be a servant. I want, to, I want to serve God. I want to serve, you know, in the church. I want to do what God told me to do. But brother, let me tell you, things didn't always go my way. And I got offended sometimes. But God said, you get in that altar and you pray. And you ask me to forgive you and get over that. Let die to it. Empty out that earth so that that water can flow in. Amen. I heard somebody one time say, they're impatient. And I heard somebody respond right there. They said, that means you don't pray. Amen. The ditch must have, or there must be a capacity for the flow of the Spirit. They were responsible for their own ditch. Everybody has a response. You have a ditch you have to dig. See, what you're wanting is somebody else to dig your ditch for you. Come in and say, well, I didn't feel the presence of God like I did before. Well, what did you do to produce it? Well, I'm the pastor here so I can say it. Amen. <laughs> they were responsible for their own ditch its depth, its length, its breadth, its height. Come on now. You know, we can have a measure, I can tell you, of grace, a measure of the Spirit. We can have as much of God as we want. You have everything of the Spirit of God that you want. You can have as much as you want. You can have as little as you want. But I promise you this, you have what you want. And that ditch how deep it is, how wide it is, how big it is, determines what you want. What can God put His finger on to tell you to remove? You have as much of God's Spirit as you want or have made room for. So, what am I saying to you tonight? Amen. He's saying, dig that ditch. 
You be responsible. You are responsible for what it is in capacity and length and depth. You are responsible for how much you can take in of God's Spirit. Amen. One time Brother Talbert told me, he said that a man came up and he walked up and he said, I want God to fill me. He was in a prayer line. And he said he laid his hand on me and he went, ooh. And he just walked away. Brother Talbert said, I felt the Spirit of God all over me. And he said he had a little shake and walked away. He said, God, what was that? He said, you know, when, when all you've got is a thimble, for all of you millennials, a thimble <laughs> is a little cup on Monopoly. When all you've got is a thimble, how much can God pour into you? When you come and you say, God, empty me out. They were responsible. We have as much as we've made room for. Well, pastor, you got to give me Bible for that. Did not the prophet say to Joash, beat those arrows on the ground? He said, your victory is going to be a fraction of what it could be, could have been. If you'd, you'd have beat that arrow on the ground, if you'd have kept on beating that thing and kept on beating that thing, he said, you'd have beat that army that come against you, the Syrian army, I believe, that come against you. But you didn't take into consideration that you're dealing with God and not with some man and not with just something in the humanist in humanistic, but you're dealing with a God, amen, who is almighty and all-powerful. Come on now. Omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He's an all-powerful. Powerful God, and He can do all things for you. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And if you really believe that, you'd open yourself up. You'd have beat that arrow on the ground till you couldn't beat it anymore. It's like Pastor Jay said, go borrow vessels, not a few. Can you imagine if she'd have brought four or five vessels in? I can tell you she would not have accomplished and seen accomplished the victory for her boys and for her future. And she wouldn't have seen her debtors paid for or paid off but he he said go borrow vessels and don't borrow a few I believe she filled that place until it was full of capacity there's no more room no more capacity God is saying you have what you want so dig the ditch and dig it big and dig it wide fill this valley full of ditches Empty yourself out of the earth, of the things of this world, of yourself, because we are in a time. God, whew, let me catch my breath. We are in a time where God is and will pour out His Spirit upon the whosoever wills desire to be filled. Amen. This generation knowing the one true God and power of His Spirit depends upon you. Oh, pastor, I'm going to tell you something right now. Did not Jesus say, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Did not Paul said, how can, the, how can the message be preached without a preacher, without somebody that sends them, without somebody that goes 
People that are vessels for God are very important. They're critical. Amen. They're mandatory and for the spirit of God to move and to sweep across the world and the gospel to be preached and the masses to be reached. That's why, amen, God is speaking to us today because he's saying to you and I, I, we need to be those vessels to go into all the world and we cannot give what we do not have. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that God can't do through you. Amen. He wants to move in our lives. He wants to move and minister. And there's a generation that's looking. They're looking for an answer. Don't tell me they're not looking for an answer when they're all over the place going to some other means and method. They're going to every evil way. Psychics. They're going online. They're seeing soothsayers and and tarot card people and all of this and looking at their horoscope and the stars and everything else and every other demonic means they're looking for reality the church has to have that reality we do but we have to have that in overflow why do you say that oh this generation only way they're ever going to know the power of God and his spirit is you He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. That means you have power. And you're touching and transferring that power. Amen. You're transferring that power. Back in 1998, I was preaching in the CRC prison. and, 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 And I'd never seen, except in church, you know, I was always on the platform singing. And I remember... Every every once in a while, it's about every quarter, every couple months, there's always a devil that would come into the church, Pastor Dude. They'd always pop up or be in the that's amen. That's they're supposed to come to get free. Amen. We don't push them off into a corner. We we if we don't set them free, I can tell you who's gonna do it. But 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 that's what we're called to do. He said, Lay hands on the sick, amen. Cast out devils. These signs shall follow them that believe. The signs that 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 come because of the power of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues and so here, here here I am at this prison and I've shared this but I'm going to share it again for people that haven't heard it here I am in this prison and I'm preaching and after an hour's service here I'm standing all I ever saw was you know the pastors and the, the heavy hitters in church go over and take care of the demon possessed I just stood on the platform and sang safe up here But I'm in that prison. I got five minutes till the bell's going to ring. The chair's got to be put up against the wall. I'm by myself, which I shouldn't have been. Sorry, Pastor Duke, but I was there by myself. Whoever was supposed to go with me didn't go that night. But I said, I still got to preach the gospel. But God taught me something. You should go in twos. But I was by myself. Well... There was four of us, me, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But here I am. Here I am in that prison. There's a man at the back. He's weeping and he's crying. I thought, Lord, you know, I'm in a bilingual service. I had to speak through an interpreter. And so here I am at the end of the service. He's weeping. And I was getting ready to just dismiss the service. And I thought, he's just going to have to go. And the Holy Ghost told me, call him up here. 
and pray for him. He didn't say he had a devil. He didn't say he needed healing. He didn't say he needed salvation. He said, lay your hand on him and pray for him. Here he come. Weeping. And I said, sir, through the interpreter, I said, I'm going to pray for you. I laid my hand on his head. I thought I got three minutes now. He fell over in the floor. Eyes rolled back in his head. I thought, oh, Lord, here I am. The only thing I knew to do was, first of all, what my instinct and my spirit and what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. But what I saw the man of God do, I jumped on top of him like ugly on an ape. And I grabbed his head and I said, come out, devil. <laughs> Let him go like that. I'm telling you, he's a squall. And next thing you know, he's rolling over. He coughed a little bit. And then he stood up and he's crying. And he's worshiping God. And he's praising God. And he's going like this, yes, praise God. He's walking around, praise God. And God said to me, I got in the car and I said, Lord, what in the world just happened? He said, what was in you flowed out. Amen. You just began to be used of me. I'm using you in, in, in gifts of deliverance. And this was your first trial run. Amen. And you passed the test. When you don't know what else to do, you just do what you know. Amen. And I said, come out, devil. And he had to come out. Hallelujah. Because it's not by mind nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Why am I saying all of this? Because I want you to know the Spirit of God within us transfers as we begin an overflow of our life. Listen to me. Consider this. Consider this. The ditch is the vessel, the capacity. The water came by miraculous act of God, but it fills us up. And only when we are free or full, rather, to overflowing does it begin to affect our surrounding. Did you get that? You're filling up a bucket, and that, that I can tell you that ditch didn't get full to where it was just at the line. That water came and it began to fill that valley. I can tell you, you are the vessel. You have the capacity. And God begins to fill you up. But it doesn't stop there. It goes up over you into that valley. Because there's people that are in the valley tonight. There's people that are going through trials tonight. There's people that are like Jehoram that do not know the God of heaven. But I can tell you where there's a Jehoshaphat that will listen to the voice of God and begin to fill the valley full of dishes there will be an outpouring of God's spirit the water will come and it will affect everybody amen everybody that's in that valley will begin to be affected by the spirit of God it'll transfer it'll roll over it'll run over the valley becomes a well this has to be our desperate cry and prayer. Empty me. Then fill me, Lord. Fill me. Says. God is dealing in this generation and in this church. Several weeks ago, just going through the services, seeing where maybe years ago 
couple years ago we were as a church and where I sensed in my spirit that we are now. Let me just share with you the pastor's the pulse of the church. I know it's the spirit of God, but that pastor is the pulse of that church. Amen. He knows, amen, that blood pressure. He knows the pressure. He knows. He knows the temperature of that body. He knows what's going on because God tells him. God tells him. One time I've shared this. I had 25 or 30 people in the church 15, 16, 17 years ago. And I got up one Sunday morning and God said, get on, get up there behind that pulpit and preach on adultery and fornication. Well, I did. And I don't even know if there was a married couple in the building at that time. I had a lot of single people. And I'm looking around the building and I'm thinking, God, what in the world would you have me preach on adultery and fornication with all these old ladies in here? that had been in church what he said you do what I tell you to do you're not their preacher you're mine you're my preacher I'm the one that employs you and you do what I tell you to do so I preached on adultery and fornication and I preached and I preached and I bled my heart out and I thought, Lord, and I opened up that altar and I'm not being funny, but five or six women, older women that I didn't even know would ever have anything to do at that age with a man were up there in that altar, weeping in that altar. The things that were said to me, had a woman tell me, she said, I was sleeping with a man because he gave me grocery money at 70 years old another woman said I met with a man online and we connected you know we did what we did pastor and I'm so ashamed but you preach that I fell in that altar one right after the other right after the other I was like my God and God said son you need to listen to me always whatever I tell you to preach don't ever second guess me that pastor is the pulse of that church and he said, there's people in that building. They come to church, but down deep inside, they're dead. They're cold. They've left their first love. And he said, this conference is going to be a moment in their life that is either going to change the trajectory of their life in the way of getting back to where they have always known and, and know they're supposed to be right with God and repenting and getting filled, digging that ditch so that I can fill them up. He said, or they're going to continue on and the next thing you know, they're going to be gone. Church, I'm telling you tonight, we are living in a day and a time of an antichrist spirit that wants to rob you of the life of God in you. And God is speaking to us tonight and he's saying, let me begin to remove those things that stand in the way those things that so easily beset you. He said, lay them aside tonight. Tell the church, lay them aside. The whole crux of what I'm trying to tell you is that you cannot be filled until you're emptied out. There has to be a removing of that.
And you don't even know sometimes the things that are there. I want to share something and then we're going to pray. If you don't heed God, He'll bring you to a place where you're confronted and you won't have a choice. 1994, I began church at Living Waters. Thank God. Because I look back now and I think, Lord, had you not put me there, I don't know that I'd be here today. When I went into that church, Pastor Duke, I thought I was all that, and I know you and Jackie knew that. It's okay. But I thought I was all that. I thought, don't these people know who I am? Don't they know I'm the golden voice? Do you know what that man of God did? I thank God for landmarks. I went through a whole year and I felt like I was spinning my wheels. There was things that God was dealing with that I never really truly dealt with. In 94, my wife got pregnant. 95 in January, Kyle was born. Three pounds, one ounce. My life fell apart because my son was in the hospital. He's in an incubator. They don't even know if he's going to make it. My wife's in the hospital sick. I lost my job. I got fired. Not fired, terminated, laid off right there because I wasn't showing up to work because I was trying to be there with my family. And I thought, I'm here. I don't have any family. Do you know God said he puts the solitary in families? And he gave me a family at Living Waters. He put me there. People that loved me. And God was digging. He was, he was, he was doing it really in me, just digging things out. And I was having to go on that altar every week. And I remember I went up to Pastor Duke. I remember exactly where I was standing, Pastor Duke. And I looked right at you and I said, my life is just falling apart. And he said, son, he said, you're going through Gethsemane. He said, but if you don't ever go to that place of death, there'll never be any life on the other side. Where there's always a death in the things of God, there's always a resurrection. So go through it. And I crawled in that altar. And I'll never forget, things began to change. We were about ready to bring the baby home. Probably the first of March, something like that. And Jackie came up to me and said, Jonathan, she said, Pastor Duke wants you to lead on Wednesday night. I wanted to lead so bad, so bad. But God had emptied me out so much. I, the words I said, I don't forget these things. I remember I said, Jackie, I don't have anything to give. I'm not in the gutter. I'm so low. I just feel so low. And she said, God's got you right where he wants you. Now he can use you, Jonathan. Now he can use you. Let him do that. And I said, okay, I'll lead. 
I begin to lead. But you know what? I approached that platform in humility. And I knew exactly where I was. I knew exactly where God had brought me. I knew exactly what he put me through. And he said, you, I brought you to this place so that you understood. If you're going to do work for me, amen, there's a certain caliber of person that I want and I must have a humbled servant before me. you got to know that it's not you, son. It's me working through you. Amen. After that, Robert let me go into the prisons. I got to preach and minister and sing. And my life from there just began to change. I'm so grateful. That was a valley that I was confronted with in my life of things of bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousies and pride. 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 God had to pull all that out. I can tell you. But today, I stand here and I'm so grateful for the grace of God. I'm so grateful that he showed me where there's a capacity I'll fill. I'll fill. God wants to do that in here. And he wants to change us. He wants to revive us. He wants to refresh us. But we've got to come, surrender unto him, and surrender our everythings. Everythings. Sin, flesh, die to that. Quit making excuses. Die to it. Get in that altar. Let God empty you out. And then he'll begin to fill you. That's why some folks, a lot of people in here, you're not filled like you want to be because there's things that are standing in the way. But if you'll empty, dig that ditch. Watch as God begins to pour it out upon you. Jesus. Father, today I thank you. Lord, I did my best. I did what you told me to do. I preached what you spoke to me to do. I did what you asked of me to do, Lord, please. Lord, it's, 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 it's you, Lord. God, please draw by your spirit. Draw by your anointing. Draw by your power. Oh, Jesus. Oh, if you're here tonight, God's dealing with you. Don't stay in your seat. Come. Come up here and get in the altar.